0: Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Dax Ferguson. Dax is the managing partner at Heritage Construction and Consulting Services, a full-service construction remodel and restoration contractor. He loves meeting with clients, especially working alongside those in need of restoration after a disaster, and what he likes best about his job isn't solitude, it's solidarity. So I'm very excited to have you on the show today, Dax. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your background and if you you can share how you got started in real estate, that would be wonderful.
1: One of the most interesting things about me is I'm a father of nine boys. So I've been married for 25 years and I have nine boys ranging from 23 to six now. He just turned six. It's a crazy life I live. My wife and I met in high school and married shortly after. So led us to kind of go down the path we were having all the kids. It's been fun. In school, I went to school for uh, theater and did uh, built sets and whatnot. And my dream job coming out of college was to design and build performing arts theaters, which I did. It was great, but uh, led me into the construction world. I've gone through construction of home theater, performing arts theaters to home theaters, and then did technology for a little while and built dental offices and then came over to house uh, construction. And then in 2015, uh, Heritage, we made the decision to go to multifamily exclusively. So we've been doing exclusive multifamily since 2015. That's kind of my journey.
0: (laughs) Wow. Nine boys. You guys have a handful.
1: We do, we do, we do. (laughs) So
0: it sounds like you guys have such an abundance with your family and everything like that, being able to have those nine boys with you and be able to share what you do with them as well.
1: I'm very, very active in talking about my talking business with my boys and letting them understand about entrepreneurship and things of that nature. A couple of them have worked with me temporarily, like doing our due diligence and things like that, so that they learn about the business, never full time. I've always encouraged them to go find their own path, do their own things. And so that's what they've done. So they're very entrepreneur-minded people. My 20-year-old, he just turned 20 in January, is buying his first house, I've been saving and buying his first house. I guess he closes next month. No, sorry, this month he closes. And so he'll be moving into that. He's got a bright future ahead of him. My uh, oldest son, great salesman. He will do great in life as a salesman. That's been fun to watch. My third one's graduating high school this year. So yet to be seen, but he definitely is a uh, entrepreneur minded person as well. So we're uh, having fun and just trying to see where uh, their path leads them from here.
0: So incredible that you're able to see all the different milestones at the different stages in life for each of your different children.
1: That's definitely a blessing that I get to see help just in a different way. It's not all about going and getting your job and, you know, working a nine to five and, and do this. So we talk about the ups and downs of business and entrepreneurship, failures that I may have had and continue to have i share and successes i continue to share with them as well so there's risk and reward in doing this and if you have the gut to do it go do it and make it happen but there are those times where you get beat up feel like you got punched in the face and you got to climb out of it
0: you know it's wonderful that they have such a supporting foundation for themselves you know and somebody that they can really rely on to when as they're coming out into the world and trying to create something for themselves finding their ways so, Dax, you mentioned that now you are focused fully on multifamily. What was it about multifamily that wanted you to shift your attention and focus in it?
1: I would say scale is probably the biggest piece. We were doing several jobs a year. You know, our average job ended up being around $30,000 per job. I was trying to grow the business and there was only so much of me. And I had kind of my scale set in my head of what success looked like to me. And I could just felt like I kept. Hitting a wall, could never achieve it, and so I dabbled in in multifamily a little bit, but always was pretty hesitant to jump in full force, from what I had seen. And then had some really good success in the end of '15, and said, "You know what? Let's just jump into this thing full time." Started speaking at events, getting more involved in investor groups and things of that nature. I've never looked back. I mean, we have grown two and three times every year since then, so it's been incredible. It really has been incredible to where we're at today.
0: What was the kind of the mindset shift for you to be able to jump in full time? Like, what was it about it that allowed you to do that?
1: My business partner uh, sent me down, tell this story. It's kind of funny. He sent me down at the end of 15 and he said, I want you to do an exercise for me. And I'm like, okay, what's that? He goes, I want you to get a piece of paper out and write three columns. In the first column, I want you to list everything you're really bad at. The second column, everything you're pretty good at. And then the last column, the things that you're great at. And he goes, and be honest and dive into yourself and, and really spend some time on it and do it. So I did. And I came back about a week later and he goes, did you do it? I said, yeah, I did it. So we sat down and we talked about my time commitment on the things that I'm not very good at and my time commitment on things I'm pretty good at, my time commitment on the things I'm great at. And I spent the least amount of time on the thing that I'm really great at. I spent most of it on the stuff that I'm really bad at it either mental block that I didn't want to do it. And so it took longer. Uh, I struggled with getting it done. And so he said, look, we're going to hire the people to come in and take care of everything you really aren't that good at. And I said, okay. And he goes, just trust me on this. And so we started there and we kind of hired some people there. And then we took the stuff that I'm pretty good at. We hired the people there. And he goes, now you have all the time in the world to focus on what you're really good at. And making that dynamic shift that first year, it took about six months to implement those changes. But once it did, I immediately saw the benefits of it, right? I had more time for new customers. I had more time for just dealing with current customers and helping them out and do different things. So that's what really I attribute a lot of our growth and success to is making those dynamic shifts in my business and building a team around me that is incredible. I may be the face or, or whatever the company, but I'm definitely not the one that's making things happen day to day. It may be a vision of mine, but they're implementing it and, and fulfilling the vision uh, of our customers. So it's been awesome for me.
0: It's great that you're able to build up that strong team around you to be able to put your focus on what you're best at, what you enjoy doing the most and leveraging their experiences and their expertise in the other areas to be able to get you to where you are today.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's been awesome. Been really, really good.
0: And so from the due diligence standpoint, as you're looking at the different properties, can you talk a little bit and share... What are some of the things that as we're looking at different properties in the multifamily, what are like the top things that we should be taking a look at and focusing on as we were doing our due diligence?
1: I'm going to answer that question in two parts. You kind of have your top five, right? That you want to look for your, your top $5 spenders. You're going to look at your rooftops. You're going to look at your foundations. You're going to look at your HVACs. You're going to look at your plumbing. And then you're going to look at the operations right, of the property. So is it operated well, not operated well, kind of those types of things. What we do is I have a due diligence team and software platform that we use that we created that uh, we send a team out and they'll walk every single unit. And we take about 40 pictures per unit. So every unit gets about 40 pictures. Uh, There's about 75 questions or so that categorize it, good, functional, or needs replacement. And so you kind of go through that. It's cloud-based. So if you have part of your partnership that can't be there, they can actually follow along in the due diligence and see what's happening and what's being found during the due diligence process. And they can ask questions while we're there so that we can deep dive into some things that they may have. So that's in this day and age with people not being able to travel, being able to travel, that has been one of the cool things about it is people are active, involved in it, even if they're not there. So That's been kind of cool. The other thing is that with the software, when we walk off, it's done. You have all your data for that whole property. You're not waiting two weeks to get everything put together, compiled, and put into uh, a software spreadsheet for you. It's all there. And so it helps you make your decisions faster on, oh, is this a good deal? Is this not a good deal from all the data that's collaborated? from your efforts. So if you're a picture person, there's picture reports. If you're a spreadsheet person, there's spreadsheet reports, and you can look at that data any way you want to help make your decisions. And then we have a replacement cost report. So cost associated with everything that needs to be replaced on the property. So you can look at cost assessments of, well, I had in this 150 unit property, I had 50 dishwashers that weren't there or needed to be replaced. What's the cost of that? Refrigerators, same thing. All of that data gets compiled and is delivered to you literally when we walk off the property. The other things we add to it is we do a 3D modeling of the exterior of the building so that if you want to change the color or things of that nature, you want to paint it, you can see it. And so you can play with that and do that. So we offer that when we leave the property. We uh, drone, we fly drone over your properties so that you can see the roofs. But also it's marketing so you can show this is what the property looks like today. Here's our plan going forward so that when you're out there syndicating, you can talk to the investors and say, hey, this is what it looks like. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Just gives you kind of some other features that you can do. And then if you're familiar with Matterport, it's a 3D, it's a virtual walkthrough of of the unit. And so we do a Matterport of every unit type on the property so that you'll be able to walk through every different unit type that's there. So whether it's in the syndication process or post-syndication, when you're looking try to take measurements or something like that, that you need, you have all that data as well. So it's a, it's a cool piece. So all the things that get missed, right? So going back to the other part is rooftops don't help raise rents, right? So I love to replace roofs because let's be honest, there's good money there, but it's probably not always the best use of the CapEx spend. And because you're not able to really raise rents. Now, if they're leaking, obviously you have to take care of them. And I'm not saying neglect the roofs. All I'm saying is You can repair the roofs and make them last a little bit longer so that you don't have to do full replacements on them and some people assume that they have to replace them if they're you know 15 years or more older and it's not always the case and so i take it case by case just so that everybody's on the same page on what needs to happen but you present a a solution and you have options there on where to spend your capex.
0: we love hosting this show A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. That makes sense what you said earlier about your company using technology. It's really great. I think being able to use the technology and to visualize and present it to the investor, it kind of gives them a more visualization, things on what to expect. And so I think that makes a lot of impact when people are trying to see what what the end product is going to look like or what they're getting into.
1: Yeah, very much so. We're highly driven by technology in our business just because it helps communicate between our team. So all of our project managers work. We operate in 10 states, so we're all over the place, and we don't normally get time together very often. And so it's a way for us to all stay on the same page. And if there's a problem, kind of flags get raised, and then we can all address a problem. Keeps everybody in the loop. The other thing is, we have portals for customers to look at the progress of their jobs at any time. You know, that's on our CRM side, so they can look at that and they go, Okay, well, you're done with this line item on my contract. So I kind of know where things are or you're 30% or if they feel we're behind schedule, then they can ask questions from there. Where are we at? Why are we behind schedule here? Just real-time data takes away a lot of the question, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are completely transparent with everything and people see that then they're like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And then they can jump on stuff. Asset manager, whoever that is, can jump on it early enough to know. Okay, well, we may have a bigger problem here moving forward. So let's change our expectations. And then our LPs, we can, you know, share that with our LPs so that they all know. That kind of stuff has been really helpful. But visually, I have found that a lot of people have a hard time visualizing what things are going to look like. Creating those tools have been super key. and. Speeding things along, getting people to pick paint color, pick roof color, those kinds of things. If you can see them, they're like, eh, I like that. Great. And then you move along and keep going.
0: And from a capital expenditure aspect of things, as you're looking to estimate the cost of repairs and everything like that, what is kind of like your recommendation from a capital expenditure type budget?
1: Yeah. So it's going kind to of vary. Uh, by property so property i was at this week alabama 128 units are vacant you have varying degrees of what needs to happen in those units whether there was plumbing theft copper theft from the electrical to just being vacant or a squatter being in there or something so you have some variations there on what to what you're gonna have to do but what i generally try to do is i want to always create a community within a community. And so what I mean by that is basically you need to have areas where people commune and get together, whether it's around a playground or around an outdoor kitchen or pergola or something like that. So it brings your community together. So everybody's watching kind of what's happening around the community. And it makes it a, creates a stickiness factor, right? For the community that like, I don't want to leave this. I mean, I have great people around me. I want to be better. It also helps with just the watchdog kind of thing of man this guy's really acting silly over here let me go kind of dig in on that or hey let me go tell the office this guy's acting foolish and and doing stuff and so it creates a safer environment for your community by doing those things and so i'm a big advocate of doing creating those communal areas second thing is there's a lot of different services out there red cross is one your fire department's another of coming to your office or clubhouse or community areas and doing classes right so you can get red cross to come teach cpr And you can get, I say the girls, I'm going to use the girls typically do the babysitting in the areas, right? So your 13 to 16 year old girls are doing the babysitting. The Red Cross comes in and teaches CPR and are CPR certified. It makes them more valuable as a babysitter. It also makes them more valuable to your community as well. So you're giving back to the community, helping them be better. One of the number one causes of fires in apartment communities is grease fires and having your fire department come teach your community how to handle a grease fire and bring fire trucks and get the kids involved and get everybody excited and, you know, do a little class on grease fires. It brings your community together so that you don't have those issues, right? And so, or limits them, I should say. And so those are the kinds of things that I'm really really big on an apartment communities because it not only creates the stickiness factor, but it makes it a safer place for everybody to live. People want to be a part of it. People want to be a part of things happening. Then you get some free publicity because your newspapers may come out and do the fireman deal or the CPR thing and do your a little article. And so it helps on the marketing aspect of that as well. And those are the kinds of things I really focus on. They don't focus on the good things that are happening necessarily in the community. Hey, uh, they've really rehabbed these units and they look really good. You're not going to get a write-up for that. You're going to have to do your own marketing there. But if you create these other community events, then people will come. So that's why I try to really steer a lot of people that way and bringing those things together.
0: Oh, I think that that's great, you know, because you're like what you're saying, by creating these communities, you're increasing the standard of living for everybody and you're creating these safe environments for people to feel proud of where they want to live and where they want to stay because they've already established themselves and created relationships with other people in the same community.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: And so, Tack, what is next for you and your company?
1: it's more technology I'm trying to make the syndicators life the sponsor the lead whatever I'm trying to make their life better and how can they analyze more deals what are some things that I can offer on from my expertise that make your life better so I'm creating a software that should launch at the end of this month to help you create your capex budget you'll come in you'll log in you'll uh, say this is where the property's at this is what I'm doing kind of give you a gold silver bronze kind of idea of this is the kind a level of rehab I want to do to the property. What are some other amenities you want to add to the property? And then it's going to create a quote basically is saying you know, you're going to spend about ten thousand a door five thousand a door seven thousand or whatever that number is of all the things that you pick there so that you can go well it makes sense at seven thousand a door it doesn't make sense at ten thousand a door so i only can spend seven you know when you analyze your deal and this is what i get for seven it puts you in that box right and so now you have a better expectation of going into it what we have found that people often have really grand ideas of what they want to do to the property but financially don't raise the money or don't have the budgets to do that and so i'm trying to help bridge the gap of reality and expectation. And it's going to help the syndicator, but it's also going to help me, right? So I don't have to go in there and go, well, you really want that, but that's a $20,000 door rehab, but you only have 12 or 10. And so I'm just trying to help bring reality to that. It's going to be a low cost. It's not a money maker for me. It's more of a tool to use for you guys to go, I have an idea of what I want to do now. And so you create your template and that becomes your template moving forward. You know, it's, probably going to be less than a hundred dollars a year to to have full access to it. So it's, it's not a, a big dollar spend. It's just more of a tool to help you be better. Hopefully we'll get more work from it. Right. So there is that part. <laughs>
0: That's exciting. <laughs> when you're requesting for a quote, is it like an instant type of quote or is there a, you know, like a 24 hour period return time
1: So on that software, you actually will create it yourself and it will be in real time. So we have everything backfilled. So you're just picking and choosing what options you want, what you don't want. You do have to put in the area you're in because prices vary a little bit. And so, or the properties in rather, and then it will auto-populate and then you'll have it right there. So it'll be in real time.
0: Oh, well, I think that's super valuable, especially, you know, like what you're saying, when you're trying to estimate it, you don't have the realistic expectations. You're not really sure how much it's going to cost, but by having that kind of a software, it streamlines a lot of the process when we're doing our due diligence.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely does. So that's the next thing on the horizon for me. We're growing. We're probably going to grow into a few more states this year as, as we expand. We'll see what happens. It's been a, been a fun ride. We've had some great customers that we've worked with and have helped us expand to where we are today. You know, most of our customers after they work with us, realize the value that we bring bring to the table. We're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive typically, but we do create a value of speed to a project that far surpasses most other people's expectations. So I'll give you a, an example. We did a project in Memphis this year, 276 unit interiors, all exteriors, roof, painting, siding repairs, parking lot, playgrounds, uh, office remodel, clubhouse remodel. We did it in about 10 months. That speed is, typically unheard of with that many units. It's been a fun ride, fine-tuning our expectations to our customers and going, well, we told you it's going to be 18 months, but we finished it in 10 months. Are you good
0: with that? So
1: so just kind of going through those types of things. It's been fun this year. We're having more fun in those aspects, heartaches at this point, uh, because again, it goes back to my team. My team has been spectacular putting everything together and making us look as good as we do.
0: And so Dax, how has real estate investing impacted your life?
1: Well, me personally, I mean, it's changed my whole dynamic of my business, right? So speaking uh, with investors at groups and things of that nature on, you know, kind of where their expectations are, it's defined my business. If I hadn't gone into the multifamily and spoke at the events that I speak at and taught some of this stuff, learned some of the stuff, I listen all the time to kind of pain points and trying to help with those pain points. We would be nowhere near where we're at today, financially, growth-wise, number in our company, any of that. So, you know, I owe a lot to it. So that's, that's kind of where we're at.
0: Thank you for sharing. And so what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Yeah. Multifamilies where to go. (laughs) (laughs) I would have stayed out of single family. I say that kind of tongue in cheek. I kind of live a life. Sounds silly, but I don't regret things because I think things in your past always develop you into who you are today. Right. So if I hadn't have started in the single family world, I would have never learned some of the things that I've learned to get me to where I am today. So I don't regret any of it. I don't, I don't wish that I would taken another path because I think I would have missed opportunity to learn in those aspects. So I hope I would do it all the same way because every bad situation has made me think differently and helped create a better opportunity for me.
0: And what is one thing that successful people part in the real estate investing business?
1: Trusting the partners that you pick to work with. If you're going to I'll say contractor. If you're going to pick a contractor, you need to trust them to do their job. Watch them, but you need to trust them to do their job and walk with them through the process. If you pick a property management company, you need to let them go through their process. They need to do their process and trust them to do their process. Again, watch them. That's what you do as an asset manager, as a sponsor, as a lead. You watch all of that happen, but you have to trust that they're going to do it because if you micromanage and you come in through the process and they're not done and they say well, why are you doing it this way or this way? Well, this isn't done. Well, I understand all that. We're in the process. You know, things look ugly when you're going through a process and the end result is over here. It's okay to ask questions, but it's not, you just need to trust the process. You need to trust your people that you hired. And if you can't trust the people you hire, you need to find somebody else. I'm pretty big on that. Let me do my job, ask questions. I'm fine with that. That's not the problem. Let me do my job and and watch the process. Ask about the process, not about why you didn't do this or this. That would be my biggest piece. Trust your team because your team is who you hired when you didn't have anything to manage and there's a reason why you chose them.
0: And what tools or techniques have you used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life?
1: technology is definitely what I've used to improve my business. Customer communication is probably the biggest thing that we've implemented. I would say that sets us apart from most people is because visually I can communicate with my customers in a much faster way through some of the technology that we've put in place.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Dax. And so if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go?
1: So you can see the website here around me, heritageccs.com. You can go there, you can find out, you can uh, click on the contact us button and it will come to us and we will come out, whether it's due diligence, construction, you know, whatever you're looking for there, let me know and uh, we can get you taken care of.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dax. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you shared today and your story.
1: Great. Great. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to BonifestCapital.com and fill out the Contact Us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.